0: welcome to the connor churland podcast where i connor churland meet up with a musician hear about their life experiences what makes them tick what they're bringing into their art and today we have a wonderful wonderful person and musician elizabeth russo i truly enjoyed talking to this person so nice we talk about learning things from her traditional romanian grandmother things like how to milk a cow and spin wool we talk about herbalism and we also talk about how to be yourself when you feel misunderstood as a child and what that's like so please enjoy this conversation with Elizabeth and definitely enjoy her song the water is wide towards the end of the episode it is a pleasure to meet you. I've been really enjoying your music over the last couple of weeks, and I've been getting quite lost in it. I would love to before I start asking you about your music and all that. There was a, under there was another interview that you did where you were being asked about like what it's like being a musician, and your answer was well, I'm a lot of things, and I really enjoyed that. And I want to talk about you um, making soap and glass beaded earrings, which is also included on your website. It also seems like you carve soap. Uh, there was a picture of like an owl that you had made out of soap. Can you tell me how you got into making soap? Also how you make soap? I'd, I'm, I'm very interested. <laughs>
1: um, so I have a deep love for herbalism. So I think just anything that's natural and comes from the natural world, uh, I'm curious to learn about it and to make it myself. So the, the same thing happened with soap, basically, you know. Just I I thought, well, you know, there's so many chemicals in all of our products and stuff like that. And I was like, Well, what if I actually end up just making my own products and my own stuff and I know what goes in there and I can I can choose what method, because there's many there's many methods for making soap, or for making any any other, I don't know maybe, <laughs> you know, natural product. So I don't know. I just got mm-hmm. into it because I remember my grandma making soap as well. She never really bought them soap or anything like that. She always made her own stuff for washing clothes and washing, you know, washing herself or something like that. So I don't know. I just got into it because I thought it was a necessity to switch to something nicer to my body but also nicer to the environment so mm. I just I don't know. <laughs> that was my main what are the
0: ingredients in your soap
1: so I use a method called the cold process method um, so basically it takes a bit longer with this method it takes around a month to cure it after you've made it and I make it with uh, olive oil coconut oil um, I use I use different kind of powders herb powders or clays as well um and sometimes essential oils but essential oils tend to be quite expensive and i mm-hmm. know uh, it takes way too much material to make sometimes essential oils, so it's a bit like i'm very careful with it but yeah basically just just any oils like the ones i mentioned or even sometimes i would put a bit of uh, castor oil um, so yeah i would experiment basically with natural oils
0: um, you said you consider yourself an herbalist. What does that mean?
1: So I've actually studied it, and I'm still studying it. Uh, it's, a, it's a long process, and it takes, I think, a lifetime to study herbs, because I like, I don't know, thousands of them. Yeah. Um, so basically, when you're working with herbs, it's the whole idea that, you know, our ancestors, they worked with herbs, you know, they took herbs, and um, they've used it to heal themselves or to heal the people in their community. So I kind of follow the same principle, you know, it's just that whenever I have a problem, I think first I actually think, okay, what herbs can I use that will benefit me? I don't really think first, oh, what pill can I take (laughs) from the chemist? No, I usually try and solve it um, with natural remedies. So yeah, I think being a herbalist is working with herbs and connecting with with that world because it's a magical kind of world really. And just, um, I don't know, trusting that whatever the creator left really on this planet is actually of benefit Hmm. and exploring all those benefits and just that wonderful world of of herbs and plants and all of that.
0: You're actually the second person that I've talked to on this podcast about herbalism, (laughs) which is really interesting. (laughs) Where are the boundaries of like in, in what scenarios is... Um, do you find like herbalism most effective and in what areas do you start leaning towards like maybe like a severe, severe migraine or something like at at, at what point are you moving away from herbs and into traditional modern medicine, however you want to say it. Do you make that, make that distinction? I
1: don't know. A good good example really to answer this. I think I think the whole idea with herbalism um, and with traditional medicine really is to look for the root of the problem rather than trying to find a very quick fix um, of course with the drugs you know if you have some things and you take some some you know some pills from the from the pharmacy and it gives you the impression of oh it's gone now mm-hmm. but then a lot of people that I talk to and there are people that um, see me actually because I actually do a lot of parabolism with people not only nice. for myself it tell me that they take this thing it goes away for while they're taking it but as soon as they stop it it comes back so a lot of people are like well what can i do so it doesn't come back anymore because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's all good while you take it but once you stop taking the pills, it comes back so i think that that is such a big problem for people nowadays who are trying to fix certain things and it just this is the main scenario so with herbs it's a bit different because what you do is you spend a lot of time talking to people or even investigating yourself, depending who, you, who you're working with, really. And then you're trying to find the root of the problem, the cause of the problem, not just the superficial symptoms of, oh, this feels like this and this feels like that. No, you're trying to get to the bottom of it, basically. And actually you start treating from that point up rather than, oh, I'm going to just try this, you know, I'm just going to try and to treat the symptoms and I ignore all the other things. So it's kind of amazing, it's like a journey. You are basically, when you're doing herbalism, you do a journey into yourself, or into the person who's coming to see you. So you get to to really go deep, you know? It's not just superficial healing that you just want, I I just want this cured right now, you know? I want my headache to go be gone or something like that. It's not gonna work like that. So I think it's quite good though, because when you start to go quite deep and to look deeper into problems, sometimes you're surprised at what you find and mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that people store and then they buried very deep and then those things come out when you go very deep into into the healing process so I think it's much needed especially in our in nowadays when um I feel like more and more people may be buried body their emotions into their bodies yeah. and that is reflected in in certain parts and or certain organs and, stuff like, that. and that, like they say in traditional Chinese medicine you know if you look at people who are facing with loads of anger you know they were angry all the time and very hot-headed and stuff like that usually look at the liver because usually there's a bit of a problem in the liver so I like thinking of it like that you know it's just amazing of pairing emotions with organs and seeing you know just just witnessing what's happening there you know why why is why is that in there
0: that sounds incredibly vulnerable for the people coming in (laughs) it sounds like Well, in in general, you're gathering so much information, not just about the symptoms, but about things from their past, things that they've purposefully shoved down. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that sounds very vulnerable. I imagine you would have to build trust very quickly, or you must have a reputation of trustworthiness within these group of people who are coming to you. How do you train? How, how, How were you trained is the question. In this (laughs) and then how do you build that sort of a reputation and i'm going to close this window because someone's just like honking for no reason
1: well to be honest do you see um what i've discovered ever since i started uh, you know learning about herbs and everything that has to do with you know what does it mean really to help someone you know heal themselves because i do believe that you know when someone comes to you it's not like I'm some sort of God that can make miracles or something like that, you know. Although right. I think some people really start thinking like that, but that's wrong because everyone is their own kind of healer, you know, to be honest. And I think everyone is really capable of healing themselves. It's not just this kind of cliche phrase, something like, oh, you can heal yourself. <laughs> but mm-hmm. you can, though, <laughs> because you have this amazing body which does... And a crazy amount of things every day, you know, to help you be okay and be mm-hmm. healthy and remove all those toxins and process all that food and, <laughs> you know, try, make those hormones travel to the right parts of your body and things like that, you know. So you really can, you know. I think if you if you put, put it in your mind and if you trust yourself, you working with herbs and you're working with this person and trusting someone like me who would probably give you some advice, you know, which will put you on the right path, then. Basically, you're helping yourself, you know, when you go to see someone, you go to see someone because deep, somewhere inside your heart, you think, oh, well, I trust that there is something over there for me to help me on this on this path, you know, even though you might yeah. have some doubts, it's like, oh, I don't know, maybe is this person a crack or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> are they for real or are they just like, I don't know, they just give you something, they tell you that it's gonna make you feel good. Yeah. But if you come with that kind of mentality, and if that's the only thing you have, I think that's not the right approach, you know. I think you must have at least a little tiny grain of trust to start on this path, you know. Hmm. Which obviously comes quite hard for some people who are, you know. I don't know. A lot of people deal with the trust issues, you know. But I think this is this also is part of, you know, <laughs> trying to solve through the mystery and through the puzzle of life, really. Yeah. So I don't know. Just building trust is. Uh, everyone is different that comes to see you, really. Some of them have probably no trust (laughs) but most of the people who seek help they have at least a grain of trust because otherwise they wouldn't be seeking help why would someone come Mm. and ask for your help if they didn't trust in even one little bit you know yeah so yeah
0: and who who or what program trained you in in how to do this
1: i am well at the beginning i'm a bit kind of self-taught because i grew up in in transylvanian mountains uh and i i come from a family of kind of traditional kind of people Should Mm -hmm. I say, and my folks always took me and my brother up the mountain every weekend, and she would, uh, you know, she would show me plants and she would treat me with plants, and I would remember that because when I had, you know, a problem with worms when I was little, you know, just like every kid, you know, she gave me the worst, not worst, because it's a lovely herb, but it's so bitter that you will never forget (laughs) as a child, (laughs) especially never forget that.
0: What's it called? It's
1: wormwood. You know wormwood? wormwood. Wermud is the one that they use in making absinthe, you know, absinthe mm-hmm. drink. Yeah, so that's one of the main ingredients is absinthe. Of course, in absinthe, it all tastes like, oh, it's nice and sweet because you put the sugar cube and you do all that stuff. But mm-hmm. wormwood, if you just make a tea out of it, well, that's a different story altogether. It's extremely bitter. Wow. <laughs> but it does the job of cleansing the body of, you know, unwanted visitors, yeah. <laughs> should, we, should we call them. So yeah, I've been that interested. isn't why so they first... call
0: it wormwood, right? Is that why they call it wormwood?
1: Well, it does have the the word worm, right? right. <laughs> so this I think is it's quite the you have to
0: eat when you have worms.
1: Yeah, I think it's a it's kind, I think yeah, it has to be in relation to that. Um, there's quite a few of them in that family. It's called the Artemisia family. That's the Latin name, and that's one of them. It's very famous really, and it's been used for centuries. You know, this is all that we know, knowledge that we have for it is really old, very, very old knowledge, mm-hmm. which is to be respected, because I do think our ancestors, they really knew what they did, you know. They might not have labs and all, you know, scientists to tell them, oh, this contains this. and they, No, they had the that kind of innate knowledge that, I feel that maybe we've lost somewhere along the way because we became so technological, and we're waiting for all of our answers from scientists when we should ourselves know something for ourselves, not necessarily, all the time seeking outside some validation mm. so i always feel like i always go back to you know traditions and look what what they what they what they said about life how they've seen herbs how they dealt with them so i've started with that kind of that kind of, that was my childhood background and then obviously i studied as well like um, i actually did courses with american herbalist, like rosemary glass mm. she's very well known in, in america and also uh, with the East-West Planetary Herb School with Michael Thiera. Um And yeah, I've just taken all sorts of various little courses around the world, because it's never, wow. it's never enough what you learn. You always continue to learn all the time. And not-
0: yeah, do you have a, like a specialization in herbalism? Like, is there something that you feel like you have, emph- like, some people have, like, an emphasis when they study something.
1: Mm. Um. Yeah, I'm a bit of a more, like, a general practitioner, because I always thought, how nice would it be that you're able to help a greater variety of people? Uh, mm-hmm. Although I did, I did think of specializing in something, and I did actually think of specializing in Lyme disease, because it's so prevalent nowadays. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm still considering whether I would like to specialize really in something. But at the moment, I'm more like a general practitioner.
0: Kinda. I'd love to ask more questions about your grandmother because she seems like such an interesting figure. There's a video on your Instagram of you. Mm-hmm. I Was it like m- making string or wool? I, I couldn't quite tell. You were like teaching her how to make a video and she was <laughs> teaching you how to... I. It looked like you were making spinning
1: I was spinning the wool. You were
0: spinning the wool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. I'm Yeah. I don't know anything apparently, so I don't even know what wool looks like when it's <laughs> off of off of an animal. Can you can you tell me more like other other things that she was able to teach you that have really impacted your life? It sounds like there's probably a billion
1: well, she was teaching me spinning, which I think was quite difficult to be honest. I mean, I'm always amazed of, uh, like, first of all, you must have great patience with that kind of stuff. Um, and also, it's just, uh, it's very hard on the fingers to actually make the thread equal all the time. So I was like, it took me a very long time and without practice, you'll surely not get it really. So I need to practice a lot in order to, to be able to do it properly. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, so what she taught me, I don't know. The thing is, like, uh, you see, <laughs> Romanian grandmothers, you know, they don't particularly just sit down as some people will imagine and teach you something and be like, oh, here you are. <laughs> no, no, they're very like, oh, I'm busy, you know, busy, busy all the time, work. They had fields. I remember when I used to go and uh, they were younger. They always had fields to work and cows to tend and animals all the time. You know, there was never, uh, it was never chill time. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they went to bed early and they got up at four in the morning they start milking wow. the cow doing all that thing so I remember all of those things really just, just observing and I think really just by observing someone's day-to-day life like that is actually you're learning from it and I found that that's quite true because every time when I observe someone doing it I, I actually learn it better than just asking them to teach me mm-hmm. <laughs> because sometimes I get a bit more anxious when I know that they're teaching me because I asked them. Yeah. So when I just sit over there in the corner, I just spy on them and observe That Then I get to learn a bit of everything, really, and stuff like that. I, w- I wish I could say that I've learned how to milk a cow properly, but <laughs> it's not easy, you know? <laughs> how
0: often do you get to try to milk
1: a cow? Nah, not very often. I don't even drink milk, really, to be honest. Um, it turns out that I was allergic to it anyway, so... Oh, wow. <laughs> I just liked observing it because... I don't know, when you wake up at 4 in the morning, and you know you're in between the, that kind of daylight and, and still night, that, that you know, it's, it's such a beautiful and special time. So when I would wake up at that time and, and just see how she would get ready, and then she would go to the barn, and the barn would be so warm, you know, and it would be so warm because obviously the animals were breathing and this, that warm steam would just kind of be all around in the barn, and just that smell of hay and the smell of the cow, and the cow being all peaceful, and kinda, of, you know, ready to maybe go <laughs> go see some fields and the way she would just milk it first thing in the morning and stuff like that. All those experiences. I think that's what what's really called life, experience in life and I kinda I, I treasure that kind of moments quite a lot, to be honest. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I think it's quite nice.
0: That sounds very special. <laughs> and very well, you asked tiring. me what
1: else <laughs> yeah. You asked me what else I've learned, but I suppose that I was I was telling more, like, from experience of observing rather than learning something directly.
0: No, it's, it, it sounds like... I mean, it's a very cool visual to, like, in my mind's eye, seeing your grandma early in the morning milking a cow and you just quietly sitting in the corner watching. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to ask more about your childhood because you have referred to it as like being being a lonely child and like dealing with bullying. But there's also like, there's very like rich, it's, it, it feels like you have like a really rich, strong center. And a lot of that also comes from like a solid childhood. So, and and also feel free to tell me like, no, thank you, I don't wanna answer the question. Can you help me to sort of blend these two things together from you talking about being a lonely child and simultaneously like having these experiences like with your grandmother on a farm, which seem like very wholesome and like connective versus this, this like feeling of loneliness. Where, where, did, where did the loneliness part exist?
1: I think, um, you see, one thing that I've learned so far and it's still valid today is that whenever you are a bit different as a child or as an adult, It always feels like uh, you're being pushed out a little bit of society, you know? It always feels like you live on the margin rather than in the society.
2: Mm.
1: And it seems like there's always someone over there to remind you that you're different and that you don't belong somehow, Mm. (laughs) you know, in this made-up society. And I think I've always kind of felt, felt maybe lonely because I try to connect with people, but... I suppose when you're different, you're now always accepted for what you are, you know? Because, I don't know, funny enough, uh, I lived in a post-communist country and stuff like that, and, you know, the emphasis on social status was quite big, you know, in school, you know? People really, you know, kids really thought of, oh, but your parents are working class, or, you know, you know your dad does this, or your mom does this, and my mom does that, you know? So, I always thought it like, I even lied once you know whenever the at, the at the beginning of each year they would ask you so what do your parents do and so that?" i remember one time i lied because i knew that i would be bullied for telling yeah. that i'm working class you know that my parents do some you know working class jobs nothing fancy nothing you know so i suppose i don't know i just felt like well you know what is the point of <laughs> trying all the time to integrate When there's things that I as a child could not have overcome, you know, Mm -hmm. I I cannot change what I am and stuff like that, and I didn't want to change. What was wrong? It was nothing wrong in my opinion, you know, with me or my family or anything really. So I think that's why I I ended up becoming more of a recluse, I suppose, you know, just minding my own business, you know. (laughs) Yeah. And doing whatever I did and stuff like that, and that was enough for me really, and I suppose I'm still much of a lone wolf because such as such as such as the world Um, but then you see I grew up in the city right so every three months of of the year uh, whenever the summer um, vacation came my mom would send me to my grandparents so I used to spend all of that time over there three months every year I would spend all of that time uh, in a place where the only commodity is electricity you know (laughs) The toilet was in the courtyard in a separate pit, and the water was from the pump so you had to go and pump it outside and then bring it back into the house and it was the best thing ever really to be honest you know? i loved it because it, it taught me what to live for real is really you know like now everything was a bit more harder of course now everything was at the touch of the button but that actually taught me that to live is very different than what i'm doing in the city and it taught yeah. me that hard work is very good and is to be respected. And uh, clean water from the pump will never compare to the water that comes through the pipes in the city. Mm. Never. <laughs> mm. Even more so nowadays when they put 10,000 chemicals in it. And <laughs> all the stuff that happens with the water, I don't even want to think about it. Yeah. So, That really allowed me to just like, even if I was lonely over there, it did not matter though. When you're in nature, you're never lonely, you know? It's only when you're in city, you know, in a concrete boxes, surrounded by so many people, but you feel so lonely. Mm -hmm. But when I was there in the countryside with nature at my backside, I never felt lonely. Mm -hmm. So I'm so grateful that I had, you know, I still have my grandma who's, she's still alive and stuff like that, and she still lives over there. And I'm really grateful that I had that as a child. It was so great
0: there there are um there's like so many talented people with a lot of friends who like mm-hmm. feel so uh when you come across them they they come across as a hungry person and it's mm-hmm. very interesting to like see or to meet someone to like take in someone's art who doesn't have that same sense about them of like feeling mm-hmm. satisfied in nature feeling satisfied with like hard work and pumping water is like I think it's a very important, very important quality, and it, yeah, I do, I do think a lot of people are missing that. There's, there's a line in one of your songs where you say, um, "The one thing that changes everything, the love instilled in me." Gorgeous line. Clearly, <laughs> I'd love to, while we're on this very nice subject of like, I never felt lonely in nature, and I'm so grateful for my grandmother, that love that has been instilled in you where mm-hmm. where are some of the biggest sources that you're finding that love and how mm-hmm. has it changed you and the way you interact with people?
1: Definitely the love that comes from nature and everything that you observe in it, that's definitely a big part for me. And also, but not not in a hippie way, because I think a lot of people, you know, when when you start talking about, you know, you know what I mean, though. When You start talking about nature, everyone thinks, oh, this one is off, or off on another planet, kind of thing, yeah. you know. And I'm like, well, I'm not talking about it like that. I'm talking about it in the real sense of what does it really mean to be in nature, not in nature to take a selfie, not in nature to just be like, oh, I'm seeing a mountain now, I'm humping, you know, I'm jumping in the car and I forget all about it. No. <laughs> What I mean is really experiencing nature—the good and the bad. Because of course, you know, in nature you get loads of annoying pests like mosquitoes and midges and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And then sometimes that really makes you like, "Oh, I hate nature," you know.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> You're always really thinking, "Oh my god," you know, I can never enjoy this because all those things are trying to eat me alive. <laughs> but then, what would nature be without them? You know, and yeah. the, all the wild animals, which add to that element of, you know. Feeling a bit wild yourself And stuff like that Everything is a purpose You know All the good and the bad And stuff like that We see it bad obviously Because everything that doesn't Do us good We think it's bad <laughs> yeah. And for centuries We've tried to kill Everything that done is bad Which is uh, You know Really bad Because now we're actually Reaping <laughs> the consequences Really you know Yes Yeah So I think That kind of love Of everything though All the good things And the bad things In nature And stuff like that And although I think you get loads of love From nature You know I mean, I'm not sure if you get this, but you know, when you get when you live in the city for a, a long time, and then you go for a trip somewhere in in the countryside, and then you 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 immerse yourself, or you let you let yourself be immersed in nature. Now, isn't that love? Though, <laughs> I think that's love because hmm. it makes you feel so good, and you all of a sudden relaxing, and you're not thinking about whatever crap email you have to send to someone or something like that. Um, and if you can get to that state of allowing yourself to be taken in by nature, that means it's really great. Mm. Uh, which I think is a lot of hard is it's quite hard for people to just detach nowadays because they're always thinking about oh I have to answer to this and do this and do that, <laughs> but when when you let go of that, then I think there's a lot of love from nature, and then I think the other ones that I get that kind of love that it's instilled in me it's obviously it's obviously from parents you know don't get me wrong my parents are not perfect you know they've sure. done things that I think oh. That's not really parenting, you know. Yeah, <laughs> That's like yeah. not how you not to parent, actually. Right. But then, once again, it's the good and the bad, right? How would I know what's good and bad if I didn't had all these experiences and stuff like that and learn from them? Mm-hmm. If you only have good experiences, I think life would be really bad, boring, and think, oh, I haven't learned anything. You know, you're not progressing. You're not level leveling yourself up. You know, you're just a <laughs> one line, you know, floating somewhere so i'm really grateful i suppose to all the things all the good and the bad that was in my family and it helped me really to see what to do and what not to do and of course you know i did get love for sure i did get love you know i know that even though it's tough love because it's eastern european love (laughs) it's not like it's not like in america where everyone's like oh lovey dovey and you know oh i love you no (laughs) it's not like that over there (laughs) Remember like tough love but tough love is the true love though because (laughs) you know even though it's like tough you know there's always a nice warm heart behind it though so it's it's good you know It, it has its unique way i suppose and I don't know all the love that I get from the people close people that I know I suppose all, all of that and all the experiences that I've had and all of that all of life is in there in that line that you just said <laughs> all of it for the good and the bad
0: now I just want to start asking you for like life advice pretty much <laughs> why no, 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 why I'm no, 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 in I mean, think... no position
1: <laughs> <laughs> why why do you
0: think people are so reluctant I mean myself included why do you think people are so reluctant to give themselves into nature the good and the bad
1: well you know a lot of people have a lot of fear I mean I think fear is number one enemy really and number one emotion even more so nowadays I think I find that people are afraid of anything nowadays even if it's an irrational fear it's still there though and it's still causing damage yeah and you see the problem with fear is you can't really just take a pill and that's it it's gone no that thing doesn't work like that you know that things really require hard work from the person who has to deal with this Mm -hmm. um so i think yeah fear is really keeping people from just enjoying themselves you know some people are just so fearful of everything under the sun that they just really forget how to enjoy themselves they just don't know how to enjoy themselves anymore and another thing they don't allow themselves to be to have a good time and I think I got I got that line said to me once, and I was wondering what does it mean? What do you mean? I, what do you mean? I don't know how to enjoy myself? <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was such a weird thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was enjoying myself, but then I realized I was very tense. You know, mm. I was very tense, and I was always like on the lookout. You know, always with the you know mistrust. You know, I was like, oh my god, you know, someone's over here to get me. <laughs> you yeah. know, I was like, this is so irrational. You know, right. there's no one here to get me. You know, and mm. if you go around in that vibe and in in that kind of mentality then you know you really don't know how to enjoy yourself it's true you know Mm. so then i had to learn how to relax (laughs) and how to trust you know and it's okay you know Some things, not everything is pink you know And, and whatever you know so it's good it's good to just forget that forget all about oh i have to be on the lookout all the time Just to let go and sometimes just expose yourself to the, you know, to the wonders of life, really. Just fall a bit into the unknown. It's okay. You know, nothing will happen. (laughs) I don't know. Take a few risks, you know. People don't take risks anymore. Everything is calculated. Everything is, it's like, it's like everything is made through a calculator kind of thing. You know, everything is like measured, calculated and... I don't know. I think it's a bit too much of that. I think it's, it's wise to be sometimes, you know, uh, cautious. Mm-hmm. but when you're too cautious then you actually stop living you know that's not life anymore you are just yeah breathing and eating and you know doing whatever but that's not called life anymore. that's like going through life like a goose through the water that's an expression yeah. that I have translated from Romanian I think that's what it would sound like but yeah that's definitely not life though and I I would definitely not choose to live like that because I while I'm alive I want to feel like I'm alive <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah
0: I am someone who is tense and has a hard time letting mm. go and calming down and like being in a moment and taking risks. How did mm. you learn to be more relaxed to let go a little bit more like what was there an experience or something you read or what was that like for you.
1: You know, I thought I thought about what, what, what was it that changed the way I was and then I think what happened is that I traveled a lot through different cultures and I've also lived with a lot of people like I've always like when I was in my early 20s I would live I would live in different places and even in the UK and stuff like that and I would live with loads of people because of course you can never as a musician you can never afford to rent a whole flat for yourself so you'd always rent a room in a building and, or in the house with many people. At mm-hmm. one point when I lived in London for a while, I lived with seven different people from seven different countries. Wow. Now that will change you. i <laughs> will tell you. Mm-hmm. When you when you have to learn about your your housemates and they all from different cultures and they all have their different ways, I think that really changes you the way you see things and you make it makes you more accepting. You know, you're, it makes you more patient towards people and more embracing towards their culture and the way they are because you see them as, as what they are really people. It doesn't really matter mm-hmm. where they're from, you know. And then what happens within you is that you start trusting as well a little bit more. You start seeing, well, this is all just people. No matter what culture they come from, whatever the religion is, whatever they pray to or whatever they say and stuff like that. At the end of the day when they come home and they come to the little room, you know, there's a beautiful softness to everyone, you know. And I think that's mm-hmm. just observing that made me feel like, well, actually, I can relax, you know? These people are all cool, you know? They're just trying to do what everyone tries to do, live, you know, live and enjoy themselves and have some experiences and, 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 you know, go through life somehow, you know, and and just figuring out why are they here, like all of us, basically, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that really helped me relax as well, just observing them. And like I said, traveling through different countries and living with different people, and, and learning their ways and showing showing them my ways and stuff like that, just having an exchange with people and stuff like that, it really makes you feel more accommodating for everything and for everyone, and that allows you to, I don't know, just allows you to be a human being, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it it makes you let go of all the judgments of all the oh, but you're like this and I'm like that or and, and that. those things don't matter, you know and and it just makes you feel like wow it's so much to life you know there's no time for any oh i'm you know i'm too shy or i'm too tense like that there's no time for that you know because i if i did that if i didn't let go of all all the tensions i i would have missed half of all the experiences i've got in life until now and i would have regretted that Hmm. but i have no regrets and even if i doubt tomorrow i can say that i have no regrets i'm fine you know i've done a lot of things and i've overcome quite a few things so I'm just really happy that I've managed to do it in, in the way that I did
0: it. you seem so at peace
1: <laughs> <It's> oh no <laughs> so at peace with what I'm talking you know this is <laughs> only something to work on don't worry
0: <laughs> with with that level of acceptance because there, there is this tension like m- odds are you're not going to die tomorrow just like mm. probably mm. Um, <laughs> you're, you're in good health currently statistically, you're alive tomorrow. How how do you do you even have goals? How do you set goals for yourself? Like what are what are things that you hope to do in the future?
1: What do I hope to do in the future? I wanna I really wanna grow my own vegetables. (laughs) That's a big thing for me, you know, I've been wanting to live in the countryside and grow my own herbs and grow my own vegetables for a long time. And I know it's gonna happen very soon, so that is definitely something that uh, it's in the near future, to say so. And I don't know, I would like to, I always want to obviously share my music with as many people as I can, but I don't believe in compromising that, you know. If people don't really like what I do or people think, oh I should sound more like this or do more like that to be more popular, that's not for me, you know. So I'm okay mm-hmm. with <laughs> with the people that I get what I, what I do and they like it the way it is, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. And um, yeah, just just want to find to always have meaning in life. I think for me that's very important. If I wake up and I think, oh, what's my meaning? If I don't have a straight answer or, or feeling that okay, I know what it is, and inside myself, I think, okay, I need to do some work because uh, today I'm not feeling that good. <laughs>
2: yeah. If
1: I forget about my meaning, then it's a problem. <laughs> I need to work right. a bit on myself. Yeah. So for me to have meaning every single day it's very important
0: well i hope that you don't change your music because it's very cool one of the things i really enjoyed about it is i kept finding myself getting lost in a lot of Mm -hmm. the not just the sounds like clearly the 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 soundscape is like pretty easy to lose yourself in because it's so spacious and it has a lot of like um like quiet repetitive things that you can like your brain will start to clue into and it'll kind of Mm. put you under a spell a little bit but also the ideas like a lot of the there's a little part where you you say
2: you're a tiny tiny
0: seed Mm -hmm. and then your voice gets even tinier like (laughs) (laughs) and like even that where i'm like also that's not the only song that references there's another song where you mention you're a little seed and like the mm. this concept continuing to be a through line throughout the album it like mm. it it pulls you in also you just reference nature a ton so like mentioning <laughs> how you're like the river or like the wind i found myself falling into these ideas and really like meditating on these ideas and your mm. music being a way to meditate on mm-hmm. very true things, which is like you're you're a bunch of potential energy like running through running through time. Does meditation have a place in your life? Do you practice meditation? These things feel meditative to me. So I just kind of assumed based on that that you would mm. have some sort of meditative practice. But that could just be me assuming.
1: You see at the beginning of lockdown I actually thought, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be waking every day and then a, a routinely session. <laughs> so that lasted for some time. Well, not that long, to be honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because one thing that I'm not good at is routine. <laughs> I do not do every day the same thing because I cannot. I'm one of those people who, I don't know, I don't do routine because it doesn't work for me. <laughs> yeah. So while I did it at the beginning, that was good, don't get me wrong. But I never stick with one of these things. I think when I'm making like a herbal preparation or something like that, that for me is meditation. So when I do something that really I feel like in tune with it, then actually for me that's like meditation. Or when I, I do some singing that has nothing, it's not a song, it's just I don't know, you know, I just invent things. That is meditative for me. So I think I found different ways to do meditation. Not necessarily just sitting down and you know trying to clear my mind. So I found different other little ways that work for me. Yep. Unfortunately, all the other wake up in the morning and do first thing in the morning doesn't work. No. <laughs> no. no, unfortunately, no. I wish it could because it sounds well. It felt good while I was doing it, but then as soon as I'm in nature, that that gives me what I need really as well, and um, that helps me clear off my mind. So as long as I'm in nature as, as much as possible, that's me sorted. <laughs>
0: I could ask so many more questions about herbalism, but I'm going to refrain myself because it's <laughs> it would just go on forever, and I'm not paying you right now to teach me about herbalism. <laughs> um, would it be possible for you to play a song um, while we're while we're on the subject of your music? Also, feel free to say no yeah. if you're not feeling it because it is late where you are. No,
1: it's totally fine. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can play that. Waters White. Uh, you mentioned that uh, cool. you like you're, it, so you're
0: also. If there's any song that you're really feeling, I know sometimes people recommend songs. They're like, "Oh, you should play this," <laughs> but you're like, mm, "I'd really not <laughs> rather play that right now." Um, feel feel free to. If there's something that you would really prefer to play, you're more than mm-hmm. welcome to. Nah,
1: no, I'll play that one. <laughs> it's kind of like a lullaby, and it's good for this time of the time of the day over here. Well, well okay. time of the night over here, more like. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I can play that one. I'm just gonna drink something before I die in the middle of it.
2: You wear it's white I can't cross over
0: <laughs> it's a nice song, isn't
1: it? I like song. It's, a it's such fun. a nice song. It's like almost like a lullaby, I find it. Yeah, but it's
0: so much more <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: Lullaby Plus. <laughs> yeah, Lullaby
0: Plus. <laughs> now streaming on Lullaby Plus. <laughs> it um yeah, you mentioned like what is what is my meaning and like waking up and knowing what your meaning is and I feel like one of my meanings is like to be moved like to be moved by other things in the world mm-hmm. and like to continue to seek out things that move me and um i think you are so much that <laughs> like uh that that song and um the quality that you hold as a person comes through your music so differently compared to other people that I run into yeah there's 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 like a real um c- clearly um like being from another country like hearing the, uh, like having that Romanian traditional Romanian mm. background like gives you certain melodic roots that other people don't mm, have for sure. mm-hmm. um so that for sure. that definitely goes into it on a more shallow note just logistics you you mentioned in in another interview like traditional romanian music as a kid do you have any recommendations things that i could listen to (laughs) that would probably be enjoyable
1: well if even if i tell you it might be very hard to remember (laughs) well
0: that's why i will write it down
1: (laughs) there is one band um well i say a band but it's more like a like a gathering of sisters, should yeah. I call it? Because it's a, it's a made up of... Actually, they're all sisters, the ladies who are in this, let's call it band, uh, group. Let's call it a group. I think it's, that's more appropriate, I suppose, for this kind of thing. This is not really in traditional music. You don't really get a band as per you would yeah. think a band in America kind of thing, you know? Yeah. These sisters are called Surorile Osoianu.
2: Oh, you're
1: going is... to have to spell it. S U R O. R I L E, and then the next word is O-S-O-I-A-N-U N-U
0: And okay,
1: you know how hard it is to do that to do yeah. spelling from Romanian into English. It's like your brain is like, what? What, 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I didn't catch that. It's quite difficult. I think I
0: can okay,
2: I (laughs) butchered
0: that. Okay,
2: great. I'm
0: going to start there. I'd love to ask you for other recommendations as well, if you don't mind, um, before before we head out. Do you have, like over the last couple years or in general, is there a book that has stood out to you? That has meant a lot to you or moved you in a particular way?
1: Oh my god. Now you you've came into my other land of passion <laughs> i'm a big book person like yeah like i had to i had to get rid of some of them because was too many of them I feel and so I, I
0: legitimately read these <laughs> recommendations that people give oh, me on this oh, podcast i see so I see. um even if i don't okay. like it I, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll still go through at least half of it
1: I'll give you, can I give you an author? Because yes. even if you don't like this book that I'm going to say from him, I've read all of his other books and I love him. He's dead. <laughs> he's dead for a while. <laughs> he's, um, his name is Herman Hesse. So Herman as in, although the way he says it, the way he's from is Herman. But, uh, you know, it's just like Herman. And okay. Hesse is um, H-E-S-S-E. And I don't even know which one to recommend from him. I love all of them. I love the way this man really thought about everything that he talks in his books. And a lot of his books are quite philosophical, but it's really in in you know incorporated in stories. So it's not just like philosophy. You
2: yeah. Know.
1: What, what should I recommend from him? You see, this is tough. I would say read his whole library. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Start with that. <laughs> oh well you see um his most famous one is the glass Beats game but that is a massive book to start with so i would mm. suggest uh starting with peter camison if you if you search uh, if you don't know how to spell the second one if you just type in peter with this yeah, am yeah. sure it will come up yeah so that that's a nice one um obviously the other one that i just mentioned the glad the glass beat uh, game that's quite a substantial one so maybe start with a smaller one first okay see how you like it okay yeah he's a great author really great from the old europe (laughs) as in america you say (laughs) Um, (laughs) from the old world sorry
0: (laughs) i always like to uh end on a uh on a more relatable note for everyone one of the things everyone shares in common is um humiliation you know thing awkwardness Mm. what is uh what is the worst gig that you've ever played?
1: (laughs) Well, there was a gig that I played many years ago, and the only person that was there was a dog. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I remember that, but I actually felt like I had a good audience, because the dog was actually listening, you know? Sometimes you would get people who are trying very hard not to listen to you and ignore you and stuff like that, but the dog was actually paying attention, so I don't know if that counts as the worst gig. (laughs) but yeah it just came to my mind because i remember i thought it was so funny that all that i had over there was this dog who i don't know just happened to be there i had no idea why he was there in the first place yeah (laughs) yeah one of those strange things in life you know (laughs)
0: that's amazing i I understand what you mean there are a lot of people that go to that go to see live music in order to talk over musicians Mm, with their friends yeah
1: (laughs) yeah, <laughs> doesn't and, uh, make any sense to uh, me. Know. Those are uh
0: those are all the questions that I have for you. I feel like I can talk with you for a very very long time, <laughs> but um I don't want to keep you up so late where you where you are.
1: No, no, thank you for having
0: me. Yeah, of course. I will um I'll go ahead and clap us out.